Welcome to Digital Marketing That Puts People First, brought to you by The Online Co, where we believe the best way to help businesses grow is by doing exactly that, putting people first. I'm James Parnwell. If you've had trouble with getting your digital marketing to work, it might be that you are talking to the right people, but maybe the timing is just wrong. The Marketing Funnel is a robust piece of marketing theory that helps us make sure we're speaking to the right people at the right time, and so that they are ready and in the process of finding a solution that you offer. In this episode, we're going to go through how this works and how you can use it to make your campaigns really sing. My co-host today is Christy. G'day, Christy. Hey, James. How are you going? Doing well. So tell me, have you experienced any obnoxious marketing? Uh, I think the most, well, one of the most annoying ones is when we get calls from people who are trying to sell us solar panels and we don't need them, but literally the only reason they target us is because we live in a house. No other reason than we just live in a house. So that's probably one of the, the more annoying ones. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) I get those too. Um, the other one I get is oh, I get spam calls all day and uh, they don't leave a message. Uh, but what I'm told happens is that, uh, so, well, I assume they don't leave a message because they're spammers. I hope they're not real people <laughs> uh, not leaving me a message. You never know. Um, I've, I've been told that if you answer them, they then log that call as a live person, a real person that answers their phone. And they call you back that night and try and sell you something. So <laughs> so I actually have a trick around that. And if I answer and I hear nothing and I'm waiting for a connection, I just hang up straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't even bother waiting for anything. If there's a two-second lag, I hang up. I'm not interested. So there's a host of problems with what we're talking about. But one of them is that they are thinking that you're right at the bottom of the marketing funnel, that you're hot and ready to buy, and they're treating you like that person. And you're not. So so most obnoxious marketing is really centers around that idea of it might be the right message, but it's the wrong timing. So the marketing funnel was actually designed by a guy called Elias Elmo in 1898, and he developed the ADA model, attention, interest, desire, and action. We prefer just to call it cold, warm, hot, makes it a bit more simple. I think it's exceptional that this piece of theory that was designed so long ago, not even sure, most houses didn't have electricity in 1898, let alone radios, TVs. They would have had newspaper. Uh, Definitely not internet. (laughs) You know, we're a hundred years from the internet. Uh, But this piece of theory has withstood all of that technological change. Uh, So that really uh, speaks to how robust it is. But essentially it says that people come to you in a process, cold, warm, and hot. So maybe we'll just go through those, Christy, and then um, unpack it a bit further. So let's start with cold. There are people out there that have never heard of you. That's obvious. Uh, And there are people out there that are not going to buy from you because they've never heard from you. That's obvious Mm -hmm. too, right? What's not so obvious is when you... Try and sell these cold people that haven't heard of you and are not going to buy from you. When you try and treat them like they're hot, it's just a miss, right? That's the most awkward, cringy, um, uncomfortable marketing you can have. So 
we need to message these people. And how should we? Well, we should go about trying to make them aware of your brand. We should get them to know who you are, to recognize you and to like you. And that's it. We're not going for a sale yet. We're warming people up through the funnel. And step one in cold is to get them from cold to warm. What's the difference between cold and warm? Well, now they, in warm, they know who you are. They recognize you and they like you. Now, I see two, two types of mistakes out in the marketplace. There's people that don't spend anything on awareness. They're like, brand awareness is a waste of money. I shouldn't be bothering doing that. It's useless. Particularly small businesses often think that way. It's like, unless it's giving me a hard return on investment, I shouldn't be doing it. I think that's a mistake because if you're not warming people up at the top of the funnel, you're probably not getting them at the bottom of the funnel. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I see people do is go, hey, I'm just going to spend this money on brand awareness. I'm just going to put my name out there and I'm going to hope that some of these turn into sales. I, I think that's a mistake too. I, we're talking opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm not going to spend any or I'm going to spend a lot on, on brand awareness. Yep. I think most small or medium businesses should be spending a minor percentage maybe 10, 15, 20, something like that on brand awareness to get people mm -hmm. to start coming down the funnel. Corporates, that can change because if you're a big brand that people already know and already heard of, like a bank or an airline or a retail shop, something like that, then that awareness works differently if you're walking into a shopping center and you see that particular brand of peanut butter that you've been watching ads for. Um, that triggers the sale because you're going to run into it in, in, in the purchasing site. So there's different cases, but mostly for small business, spend a bit, not all. Uh, and then in the bigger business case, there's uh, it's, it's going to be a case by case basis. How do you think we do this from a tactical execution perspective, Christy? So there are a lot of things that you can do. And one of the great things about digital is that you've got a bit more time and interest to explain. You were talking about before people who spend this big money on budget. And I can't tell you how many bus ads I've been sitting behind in traffic and going, <laughs> actually, I don't even know what you sell. Like, it's yeah. just a photo. I'm guessing you might be a real estate agent. I don't know. You could be a financial broker for all I know. So the great thing about doing this digitally is you've got a little bit more time to explain and to sort of really bring people in. So ways to do that is definitely through video. That can be through yeah. YouTube video. It can be through Facebook or Instagram video. And in this particular area, video is absolute king because you have so many more options and you can really tell people a little bit more of your story. Now, in saying that, you've got to be also quick and to the point because people have shorter attention spans than goldfish when it comes to social media yes. in particular. <laughs> and they are just going to scroll straight past you if you are not interesting. So uh, YouTube video is great in the sense that you can't always skip through it. So people actually have to watch you, but you've got to make sure that you've got a clear messaging in that. Display ads are another option if you don't have that video content. And that's often what you'll see on your screen when you're shopping for something or when you're you know, reading a blog and you'll see all these ads on the side of your page. So those are also really helpful. Um, blog articles can actually be another option because people already have, they're searching for something and it's just a way for you to offer usually value adding content is what we call it. So you're answering a question for them or you're providing them with some information that they're searching and they go, okay, yeah, these people seem to know what they're talking about. All right, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Facebook and Instagram videos are great because you can target people even when they're not looking for you. 
and you can give them a little bit more information about what you do or what you offer. Um, if it's a short sort of placement video, so under 15 seconds, you can often get them inside those longer videos and then people do have to watch all the way through. Or you can have those longer form videos too. The idea in this section is to literally get as many eyeballs on yes. your service for the lowest possible cost. And the best way to do that is usually through video. If you want somebody to actually take an action, so say, for example, you're running an ad to push them to your website, that's going to cost you anywhere from 10 to 20 times more than it is for them to just watch, you know, 10, 25 seconds of your video. So in this sense, you're, you're really just trying to get eyeballs and trying to just spark that little bit of interest. Yeah, Does that sound... Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you've you've covered all the major areas, um, and uh, you've said video is king twice. I want to say it a third time. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. the truth. Your video, uh, you know, you could spread that Vegemite on the toast very thin with with video. It could go a very very long way. Uh, Absolutely. And, and um, if the goal's eyeballs, it's not actions. It's not sales. It's it's eyeballs. Yeah. Um, then spending that 10, 15, 20 percent of your budget. You can get in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, absolutely. And brand awareness. Yeah, and the great thing is too is that, you know, coming into this space of TikTok where there's so much user-generated content, your video doesn't have to be completely overproduced and amazing. It can just be very real and people are responding to that in a much better way than they ever have. So it's definitely attainable for everybody. It's not something that you should just go, oh, I don't have the budget for that. I'm not going to worry about it it's something that you need to be investing in regardless. <laughs> so so can I just make one point about return on investment on this? You are not going to see a link, a direct attributable link between your investment here and leads and sales. It's too yeah. far back in the process. We're talking about the right message at the right time and the right time here is a fair ways before they're ready to buy mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. So what can happen is they can see your YouTube video in March, they become aware of you, and, and then in, in May they'd make a purchase decision, but they do that via Google. And, yeah. and then Google gets all the credit. And so we go, hey, we should invest more in Google. But if you hadn't have made that investment on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram months before and warmed them up, you, didn't, you never get that end piece. Yeah, absolutely. This is what we're saying. You're going to measure the return on investment on that end piece and go, wow, that's awesome. We've literally seen it. We've done campaigns where we're just doing the end piece and convince the client, hey, we need to do this early piece. And then watch the cost of the end piece drop like a stone because we're doing awareness ads at the top of the funnel. So yeah, if you're looking at that going, hey, I'm spending X thousand dollars and I'm not seeing any sales from it, it's okay. You, you're going to see it further down the line as long as you're doing yeah. the other things as well. So we should get onto the other pieces. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is, is the warm phase. So it's cold, warm, hot. The warm phase is that people have now heard of you. They like you, but they're not quite ready to buy. So if video is king uh, in, the, in the cold stage, content is queen in the warm section. So now that they like you, what you need to do is actually educate them. I need to get to know you, what you do, how you work. And we do this through content. Now, it can be written content. It can be images, infographics, uh, sort of thing. Uh, and it can be video again. 
in this case, it's going to be longer form video. Usually they might want to watch more information and they may go into minutes or tens of minutes learning about uh, things. I was just watching videos about bees last night with my son. He looking into beehives, right? So we, we were quite happy to sit there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes learning about that because we've gone past the awareness phase. Now we're into the warm phase and looking into that. Not sure, not sure we're going to do it. Might annoy the neighbours a lot. But you get my point, right? You're going to invest more time here. Really yep. great pieces of content are just going to convince people that you know what you're talking about and what you're selling is quality. Um, one point here is that business owners and business people who are in an industry tend to think about that industry at, at a 10 out of 10 level. They know all the jargon. They know all the nuance. They know everything about it. And so they tend to talk way too high for their customers. And in this research phase, you need to go from 10. And what people usually do is dumb it down. They go like nine, eight, seven, and they're still at seven. And the, the customer needs you at two. But you've yeah. got to be somewhere between two and five. You've got to show your expertise, but don't bamboozle them. Um, don't be patronizing and treat them like morons, but just you've got to talk at a level that people understand. Um, one thing people use is lead magnets, Christy. You got any thoughts on those? Yeah, so lead magnets can be anything from, say, a PDF document to a really well thought out infographic. Uh, we just did one for a client that was, um, you know, you're sort of following along a whole lot of questionnaires to sort of find which path is right for you. So lead magnets are generally a more valued piece of content, something that you're, you've invested a fair amount of time into creating, and you don't just want to give it away for free. So usually you would ask people for an email address or a phone number in exchange for that. People are usually quite used to this type of interaction, especially if they've been on the digital space for a while, and they're willing to go, all right, I'll give you my name and my email address, knowing that I can opt out at any time if you guys annoy me or it's not what I want, but I'm willing to sort of start to deal with you. I'm not ready to make a purchase yet. I'm not ready to go all the way in, but I am willing to sort of give you a little bit of what I've got just so that I can learn a little bit more value than what I would normally just be able to get for free. Usually what happens then is that you would follow them up uh, with email maybe one to four times per month, unless it's e-commerce. And then, you know, you would basically ask people to be okay with you to make regular content at contact until they're ready to actually start making a purchase with you. So this is a really good way to sort of jump them from that cold space to that hot space without really, um, you know, asking them to buy from you. So this is also a really good option when you want to start retargeting your cold lists with new and interesting and more helpful content. So if you've got their email address, you can say, oh, here, I've got this as well for you. And oh, here, I've got this as well for you. And it just really starts to build that trust and start leading them into that next stage of the funnel, which is the hot stage. Yes. Now, we should probably talk about retargeting and creating lists from your cold audience. You want to explain that i mean it's mostly done in facebook it can be done in youtube as well do you want to explain that in the in the meta suite christy yeah so in terms of social media uh, a little bit creepy here but anytime my husband used to he actually said to me the other night he goes oh i make sure that i i don't actually click on anything on facebook because i don't want them to know that i'm interested and i said oh hun, i'm so sorry but if you actually just leave your screen open 
while you are washing your hands, Facebook's going to go, oh, she stared at that or he stared at that for three seconds longer than anything else. You're interested. Yeah. So <laughs> he was a bit taken aback and going, oh, gosh, I need to make sure I turn well, my not, screen off. Not to mention but, the fact they're listening. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, so anytime you watch something, anytime you show any little bit of interest in something, it will then give whatever that company is the opportunity to go, oh, okay, they've shown that little bit of interest. I want to show them something else as well. So what we can do on the back end of that is actually create these other lists for retargeting. We can keep them really current. So we can say, I only want, you know, if this is, for example, an e-commerce product and you know that you have a short window to teach somebody about your product and then for them to buy, you can say, I only want people, for example, that have watched my video in the last 10 days. Now, if you've got a product that's requiring a much higher level of investment or trust, which James will go into in a minute, then you can say, I want people who have watched my video in the last 180 days. Like we've actually got a lot of um, leeway yeah. in here. You can add as many videos as you like and you can start making all these lists um, and you can really start bringing people down your funnel in a much more personalized way, which is actually what people are really expecting more nowadays is they're expecting more of that personal investment. We don't want the obnoxious marketing. We want things that are actually going to, if I have to sit there and watch an ad, I'd much rather be at something that's interest of interest to me than something that is you know, completely out of my purview and that I couldn't care less about. So people are really expecting that more personalized touch in marketing these days. So this is a really good way that if you've got that video at the beginning, you can start to retarget them. You can send them to your website. You can send them to go read a blog article. You can send them to go read a little bit more about what your service is. You can ask them to sign up for a lead magnet. There's a lot of options there once you've done that initial awareness phase. And the really important thing to know too is that most people wouldn't realize, but you know, Facebook is actually taking privacy a lot more seriously. And at the beginning of 2022, they stripped a lot of our what's called interest-based targeting options. So where we used to be able to say, for example, oh, I want to target people who are interested in optometrists, we're no longer able to do that. So we are much more heavily reliant on saying, well, here's a video about glasses. If you're interested in that, then I can retarget you to send you to my website to teach you more about glasses that we offer. So yeah. it's a really it's becoming a much, much more important part to actually start thinking about the funnel as a whole rather than going, I just want people to come into my store to buy glasses because you're going to have to do all those um, previous steps that we didn't really have to before. Perfect. So there is some real techie nerdy things we can do in there with retargeting on, on, on social media. Right, we've done cold, we've done warm. The last one is hot. These people, they've, they know who you are. They like you. They, now they understand you. And if you've warmed people up properly, you, you only just need to have a very basic call to action, you know, mm -hmm. book a chat, buy now, whatever the sim simple thing is. They know. They're ready to go. You've warmed them up. They're ready to buy. It's easy. Now, this is easy if we've warmed them up properly. If you haven't, yeah. then it can be very, very hard. <laughs> and here's the, here's the trap. Everybody wants these hot leads. It's what people come and talk to us. Hey, I want leads. I want leads. Well, are you prepared to warm customers up to buy you or you just want to go leads, leads, leads? Don't be lazy about it. Don't pretend that people are robots who are just going to buy your stuff um, and, and, they're, and they're not going to want to look into you. It's, it's not that simple. Sure, if someone's looking... much more highly educated. 
these days in that yep. sense too. They're, and they're also, um, they're just not willing to jump on board just because you ask them to. So no. it is, it's a much better, much more important part. Now, this is where return on investment is usually measured and it ignores the previous <laughs> two steps. Uh, so uh, that's a challenge. People just look at, hey, what did I get from my lead generation campaign? Not at all the branding and all the awareness and, and how that's worked to contribute. Um, you know, chop off the top of the funnel at your own risk. That's all yeah, I'll say. Absolutely. And what we've found too is that people who have put the time and investment into creating those first two sets of funnels get much higher quality leads on the end. People who have come yeah. through and go, I just want leads. I'm not interested in the other part. A, they usually paid more for them. And B, they go, oh, well, they weren't really interested when I spoke to them on the phone. They didn't really want what I had to offer. And we're like, really, that's shocking. You really need to be investing <laughs> in the first bit of the funnel. Okay, so that's the three steps. Now, there is another question here, and that is how fast do people come down the funnel? Yeah, so this is a really, um, one of those questions that's a bit like how long is a piece of string? And it really depends on what you're offering and it really depends on what you're asking people to do. So if I'm asking people to buy deodorant, I'm not going to expect that they're going to have this huge level of trust with me. It's going to be deodorant. It's going to be $5. If I'm not interested, oh, well, I've wasted $5, no dramas. If I'm expecting people to have a high level of trust with me because I'm taking care of something very significant to them like their house or selling their house, that's going to take a lot more time to bring them down the funnel. It's not something they decide in a day. It's not something they decide fast. And they want to make sure that they have picked the right person. So that trust level of what you're expecting and you know what you're selling or what you happen to be doing is going to be very, very highly relevant to how fast people are going to come down that funnel. And it also depends on how expensive and like, like I said, it depends on how expensive and how complex your product is. So do you want to explain a little bit more? Yeah, I, I will. The keyword you're using there is trust. Yeah. The higher the trust level, the longer it's going to take. That's a very simple rule of thumb. If I take trust and I break that down into two areas, one is how much does it cost? Like if I'm spending $10,000, I need a much higher level of trust than if I'm spending $10. But then there's yeah. complexity as well. If I'm buying something from you that uh, is very complicated, like maybe like financial planning, it's, you know, investing in stock markets and all those sorts of things, it's, it's possible that I have an area of expertise that's different to that and I don't understand it in detail. I need to trust you with that because what I'm buying is complex. High cost high complexity products and they're often services uh, will take the most amount of time and you're going to have to spend the most amount of time further up the funnel, particularly in that warm yeah, area. So what we do is digital marketing. So it's, uh, it's complicated. It can also be high cost depending on what levels of investment you're making. Uh, so people take time and we deliberately take time when people reach out to us to get to know them. We have a playbook process to do this. Uh, accountancy is another one, financial planning, uh, a lot of professional services fit in high cost, high complexity. Yeah. Now, now there are other things that are high cost, but low complexity. So if you're buying a new kitchen, how much does that cost? 10,000 through to a hundred thousand. Like you could maybe more depending on how fancy you want it. Um, 
But everybody understands kitchens and they're pretty confident that they can look at a kitchen and go, I like that, I don't like that. I know where the fridge should fit. I know I can measure my fridge and see how big it needs to be. They're not going to be overwhelmed by that decision. So a high cost, low complexity product, you may actually get people coming down the funnel faster. And then in the sales process, you have to explain them and nurture them well once they're in past their past being leads. There are low-cost, high-complexity uh, products and services as well, something that doesn't cost a whole lot but you don't understand. The classic example is a car mechanic. Uh, yep. might cost $300 to get my car serviced. Uh, so we'll, that's not super low-cost, but it's, I mean, it's not like a financial planner where it could literally ruin my life. Um, but I don't know what they've done in my car. I get this report. The car looks the same when I left it and when I pick it up. I know they've, well, I hope they've done what they've said. I actually don't know if they've done what they said they're going to do. Um, yeah. So a lot of trades are like that when it's in a B2C sense. And finally, you've got low cost, low complexity. They come straight down the funnel really fast. If you're buying a Mars bar on impulse, it's not costing much. If you get halfway through it and you don't feel like it anymore and chuck it in the bin, well, what have you lost? Two bucks. Yeah. So, exactly. so people will come down. Um, they'll come down that funnel very fast. So I'm going to leave you with a final thought, and that is this. When you're doing your marketing, don't propose marriage on the first date. Don't try and close a sale with a stranger. Don't be weird. Don't be icky. Take your time to get to know your customer. We always talk about digital marketing that puts people first. Put people first. Look after them. Um, It will pay reward in higher quality leads, higher volume of leads, better customers that like you and want to work with you. So anything you want to add to that, Christy? No, I think we've pretty much covered it all. Like you said, don't be the weird creep that's saying here, trust me with your (laughs) hard-earned cash, even though you don't know me from Adam's. Absolutely. (laughs) Make sure that you, you take the time. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me, Christy. No worries. I really enjoyed it. If you found today's episode informative and would like to take next steps, we'd love to help you with your digital marketing. Uh, We can do a full playbook for you in the process that we've developed over 10 years and put together holistic digital marketing strategies that will set you up for 12 months of success. Just Google the online co, click the red button to book a chat. Uh, We'd love to speak to you and see how we can help you best. By the way, this piece of content sits in the warm part of the funnel (laughs) (laughs) this episode was brought to you by the online co production and music by harry parnwell you can find us at the onlineco.net if you found this helpful please feel free to share it to someone who else uh, might find it useful Uh, we'd love you to subscribe and leave us a review take care everyone